Money FM 89.3. Best of the evening runway. The Washington Report. It is the evening runway here on Money FM 89.3. I'm Elliot Danker. Let's take a look at key headlines from out of the United States. U.S. President Joe Biden is building a new section of the border wall in Texas to stave off migrant crossings from Mexico, carrying forward a signature policy of former President Donald Trump. Now, uh, Donald Trump is the front runner of the Republican Party nomination to challenge Biden, who is a Democrat in the 2024 presidential race. Trump made building border barriers a central tenet of his first campaign for presidency with the rally chant, Build That Wall. Now, this development marks a major policy reversal for President Biden, who promised to not allow another foot of the wall to be constructed under his administration during his 2020 campaign. So why is Biden building that wall? Why now especially? Let's find out more on the line with me is Pushandit, Professor of Economics at INSEAD. Professor, good afternoon. How are you? Good afternoon. I'm good. All right, uh, let's talk about President Joe Biden under fire from both Republicans and Democrats after his administration announced new border wall construction in Texas. This is a major policy pivot from his 2020 campaign. Uh, but how did he end up in this situation? So on the face of it, this does look like a stunning reversal. But as usual, the devil is in the details. So in 2019, uh, the U.S. Congress approved funding for the wall under the Trump administration. Now, the Biden administration tried to convince Congress to rescind the funding, but they did not agree. So now because Congress has approved this spending, they can only use the money for building a wall. Okay, even if they believe that it is ineffective or undesirable. But it was a little bit confusing because the notice that went out from the administration said that they need to build a wall to stop illegal immigrants. So this is a reversal of sorts. The irony, of course, is, you know, Trump promised many things like uh, an entire wall across the border uh, and Biden might actually end up building at least part of it. Okay, has the former president Donald Trump had anything to say about this? So I try not to listen too much to Donald Trump (laughs) on my mental health, but he did say something about the importance of wheels and walls. Now, your guess is as good as mine what these wheels are, maybe buying armored cars for the Border Patrol. He also demanded an apology from Biden. He's also been promising violence on the campaign trail. In fact, the entire Republican Party now seems quite open to attacking Mexico and going after drug cartels, some of which actually you know, facilitate the movement of these illegal immigrants. And they're going to do this without permission from the Mexican government. So I find this talk very irresponsible. Okay. Unfortunately, the base of the party loves this, this kind of tough posturing, you know, violating principles of international sovereignty, etc. Yeah. Professor, you know, in the U.S., it's usually all about how they spin things. They're, they're, they're quite good at that. So how will they spin this when it comes to the 2024 uh, re-election campaign for President Biden? So for President Biden, if uh, in his re-election campaign, I think uh, setting aside the issue of age, which he cannot do anything about, the two big weaknesses are inflation and immigration, right? Uh, now, the inflation is, is mostly under the control of the Federal Reserve, their central bank. Now, Americans have been open to immigration, but this is an issue that can be quite polarizing and you know politicians everywhere around the world can gin up controversy around this so not just in u.s but all of europe even sometimes here at home in singapore now most americans like most people are moderate they are open to immigration and providing providing they use legal routes 
So, uh, and they are uncomfortable with with vast uh, numbers of immigrants coming illegally over the border. Now, how will voters interpret this move by the Biden administration remains, uh, you know, difficult to predict. On one hand, they may see that he's doing something about immigration, so it might help him. But on the other hand, it makes the issue more salient. He does not have much time to make a big dent and change these perceptions. Okay. Okay. Professor, last week I bet this caught your attention. The House now without a leader where eight hardline Republicans and uh, unified Democrats voted to oust House Speaker Kevin McCarthy. I believe this is a 216 to 210 vote. Now the race is on for that top post. I believe uh, they've got to do this by Wednesday this week. Who are the top contenders in your opinion? So the two top contenders, at least the people who've thrown their hats in the ring, one is Steve Scalise. He's more of a moderate, okay, though, you know, these are all terms which are used relatively. So he's the Republican whip. And then there's Jim Jordan, who's more of an extreme firebrand and a dedicated Trump supporter. So, mm. again, I think the same game, the same drama will get repeated. The moderates coalesce around Steve Scalise, while Trump and his diehard supporters uh, who got rid of Kevin McCarthy will support Jim Jordan. So this will again be a fight between the establishment Republicans and the MAGA Republicans. Now, Steve Scalise is ill. He has blood cancer. So it's not clear that he will actually be able to fulfill the role. So Jim Jordan might win, but I think his appointment will be a disaster. Expect more confrontations, government shutdowns, posturing for TV, and basically the job of the government coming to a halt. Mm. And considering uh, Donald Trump uh, supporting Jim Jordan, uh, is he going to sort of insert himself into the discussion for the sake of? <laughs> so in, for a brief moment, you know, he did uh, show interest in becoming the speaker. Uh, I think he misinterpreted the, uh, the fact that the term <laughs> speaker, because he really likes to speak. Uh, eventually, I think he must, he must have found that there are lots of duties and responsibilities mm. that he just cannot delegate. So, uh, so he's not going to be the speaker, but if Jim Jordan becomes speaker, he would have achieved the same outcome, which is, sure. you know, a lot of chaos, disorganization, and he, he will tighten his grip further on the Republican Party. So Trump has done a hostile takeover of the party, right. and I don't think he's going to give up easily. Uh, ultimately, for the next uh, speaker, what are some of the main challenges that they have to sort out? So they have, so, you know, given what, what happened in the weekend, right, given what is happening in, in Ukraine, you know, there are like existential kinds of challenges mm. that need to be sorted out. But at its core, the big challenge that the next speaker will face is the same one that led Kevin McCarthy to do his job. You know, the stark choice they have to face is either they can govern or they can, you know, shut everything down. Now, with a razor-thin majority, the next speaker will again become beholden to a tiny fraction. If it is Scalise, he will be hostage to the right-wing MAGA Republicans. If it is Jim Jordan, he will be hostage to the moderates who won, who won in Biden district. So either way, I think this is a recipe for continued chaos. Yeah. And, and in relation to uh, what you mentioned about the Ukraine, the Biden administration preparing a weapons package for Ukraine expected to be announced sometime this week. OK, Professor, Singapore's uh, Deputy Prime Minister Lawrence Wong is on an 11 day working trip to the United States. It is Mr. Wong's first working visit to the U.S. since he became Deputy Prime Minister. Arizona, New York, Washington, D.C., a lot to look forward to. What will be on the agenda for DPM Wong? 
So I think this is an, an important trip, especially since he's likely to be the future prime minister of Singapore. So right now, if you look at the world, the world seems to be burning. There are three intractable conflicts which are happening. One is the geopolitical tensions between U.S. and China. The second is the Ukraine-Russia conflict. And this weekend, we saw horrific images coming out of Israel, so yeah. which has the full potential to become a complete uh, chaos and war in the Middle East. So now this might seem naive because all we see in our, we keep seeing these on our screens, but I think really dialogue uh, is is crucial in resolving these conflicts and uh, promoting mutual understanding. It's necessary even if it might not be sufficient. So I think therefore his trip is very important because the visit will cover issues of economic relations, defense ties, international security dialogue. So, you know, in New York, he's going to facilitate expansion of Singapore ventures who have a presence in New York into all of the U.S. In Arizona, he will visit the Air Force Squadron, which is posted there. But most importantly, in Washington, he's going to engage and build relations with senior Biden cabinet officials, which will probably serve him a whole lot later in his role as prime minister. All right. I've been speaking with Pushan Dut, who is Professor of Economics at INSEAD. Professor, I appreciate your time today. Take care and have a great week ahead. Thank you. You too. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.